I'm suiting up. Welcome to Doctor Three, a Hearthstone podcast dedicated to giving you explosive growth and climbing the standard rank ladder. I'm your host, Daring Alkaline, and along with me are my fellow hosts this week. Major <laughs> Death. Deliver Deliver had some last minute family uh things come up, but we do he did help us get someone very last minute within an hour of us recording this, so Thank you, Deliver, and we have Swagoy's own Leo Derek. How you doing, sir? Doing okay. So, thank, thank you for joining us on, on such short notice. We've got uh, a lot of fun things to talk about. We're on the doorstep of a new expansion, so... Yeah, yeah, there's, uh, there's a lot to talk about. There's a lot of cards already, and, uh, you know, uh, no problem. We, uh, with the current state of things being expansion time there's not too much to talk about other than this so <laughs> it, would either, it would either be talking about this with you or talking about this with somebody else so uh since i had some free time jumping in wasn't uh wasn't too bad well we thank you for that so why don't you give us a little bit of uh and our listeners a little bit of a history or a background of who you are as a hearthstone player as a card game player etc etc sure um so i started playing hearthstone uh, a little more seriously about oh it's july uh a little more a little more than two years ago um and uh before then i'd uh been a fairly casual player um and a heavy world of warcraft player um and raider mm-hmm. there you go. and um and uh so i pl- played a little more seriously starting a few, few years ago and um and uh, uh, almost hit legend within the first few months of trying um, back then, and um, decided to get some practice partners and uh, for some of those online for fun tournaments, the little ones, and then uh, had some success on ladder and at those tournaments, and went to DreamHack Montreal. Um, actually, had a really great experience there, um, and finished. Uh, I think 72 out of however many, a couple hundred people, <laughs> uh, met some awesome people, uh, had a good time. And then after that realized, uh, so I'm a teacher and a basketball coach in my other life. And, uh, that experience was like, I'm not going to get much further without some other people to play with. And so <laughs> there, a call went out on Swigoy Gaming looking for some people and I applied and, um, they took me in and, uh, had, a uh, so I've been with the the Swigoy team for uh, about a year and a half, something like that. Um, so that's uh, and I've been playing Hearthstone, you know, more competitively ever since. Took a little break this year, um, right before the uh, the coronavirus really hit in the Northeast, and they closed our schools and stuff about a month and a half before that. Um, mm. I was uh, took a little break. Just there wasn't much happening, as, as you guys know, with the competitive format being specifically about these Masters tours. You know, um, needed a little bit of break from the game, but uh, started playing again more heavily uh, a couple months ago, and uh, so getting ready to sort of get back into it. Awesome. Well, I oh. go ahead, Mage. No, oh, I, I just so I have to know just because <laughs> I feel like I'm the only one here. Delivers very much a control player. Our friend Daring over mm. here, very much a control player. I am more of really? a tempo mid-range-ish sort of player. 
What's your preferred deck or your archetype or style of play? What's what, what was your favorite? What's been your favorite deck to play in Hearthstone? Oh boy. Uh, so my favorite deck to play in Hearthstone was Filthy. Um, it was even Paladin pre nerf. Okay. Um, okay. That's I'll take yeah, I'll take that. Dis- That's more mid range dis- than uh... disgusting. Um, <laughs> and say that again. Damn you, Blizzard! That was an unacceptable nerf. We just should have <laughs> let that play out. Uh, yes. I mean, really, look at what else we've let go. Anyways, no. Um, I was playing a lot of. Uh, uh, at the time, it was uh, Druid, right? It was Druid, even lo- even Paladin versus Cubeblock. And so mm-hmm. I was playing a ton of that um, Tempo Druid or uh, uh, Curve Druid, whatever you want to call it. It was just like whatever I have that's cost the same amount of mana as I've got, I, I play that. And that was a good deck too. Um, so yeah, no, I'm, I'm, if there's a good Tempo and mid-range deck, that's a really, really good comfort spot. Yes, although, that's although what I, hear. That's I heard what I hear. in your intro when we talked <laughs> about helping players... You, you, everybody should be playing a, a, a healthy amount of aggro every month to get better at the game in general <laughs> because because it's really hard to learn some of the lessons you need to learn about the game without without putting your face in the aggro uh, mm-hmm. place. I, I don't know. I've learned a lot about uh, <laughs> aggro playing priest in my in my time. So, <laughs> well, you've, you've you've also learned to know your enemy. So there's that. Exactly. I only have seventeen hundred priest wins. So, um, <laughs> I've I've played I played my fair fair share of control. So, um, but yes, no, I I'm not anti aggro. I just prefer more of a control style when it comes down mm-hmm. to it. I have been playing a lot of uh, rogue recently, so like mid rangey controlly, like Galcron rogue. So very interesting still to me. Yeah, I've just been f- smashing face with Totem Shaman because I've had enough of all this other stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I no. just I'm, just went on five, went on six. That's, hey, that's the best I way just, to play right now. <laughs> I, I just hit legend yesterday with Murloc Paladin, so I know that's, exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, I hit legend two days ago. Uh, trying, hadn't tried for a few months, <laughs> and with the new with the new um, uh, rank system, I was like, man, I really ought to get that end of the diamond bump at some points <laughs> put in some extra work and make sure it happened um yeah it's it's gotten easier i it has was, yeah I, I was a one-time legend player before the new system and now i'm four months consecutive and i hit the legend this month the earliest i ever have the seventh i, I hit it on the seventh so like a week into the the, the meta i was as legend so and I have not played a game of ranked sense because I came in at fourteen hundred, <laughs> and I'm like, is that high enough MMR to get me uh, eleven stars? I guess we'll find out at the end of the month. So uh, when uh, Saturday rolls around, I guess I'll figure out <laughs> if it was good enough. If it wasn't, I- I'm fine. I've seen people playing, and it's just like they're like they came in at like three thousand, now they're at nine thousand. So like, yeah. I, uh, the MMR system is somewhat more pun or the legend system seems more punishing because you get to actually see instead of losing a star, it's like three hundred ranks. Like, <laughs> yep. Okay, so May, do you want to go over last week's poll question? 
Yes, so last week's poll question, we asked you what dual class combination were you most looking forward to? We didn't get many votes. We typically don't get many votes when there's a write-in yeah. question. So uh Dark J said Druid and Hunter. He wants to see he wants to play some Beast Druid. Blister guy said Warlock and Demon Hunter. And we'll definitely talk about some of those cards a little bit mm -hmm. later on. Uh, Daring, you you put your vote in. Mm -hmm. What did you say? I said Priest and Warlock because I'm that kind of degenerate. So. <laughs> Deliver also said his top choice was Priest and Warlock as well. I'll throw mine in there that I, I want my uh, Smorking with Vengeance, Demon Hunter and Hunter. It was kind of the one I was most excited for. Uh, Leo Derek, which dual class combination are you leaning towards right now well so shaman was my first 500 wins and my second thousand so i'm looking forward to um either of those uh classes i'm a little uh, confused ish about the shaman druid connection there but i'm not gonna say no to it since it has extra mana crystals and i'm <laughs> playing below curve anyways so sure i'll take a hit next turn for morris this turn yeah. um I think the interesting one is uh, Shade, uh, Mage, and Shaman. Uh, I've been pretty disappointed in Mage for a while. Um, it hasn't been compelling to me, but there are some interesting uh, cross cards uh, that I've seen. Uh, the Devolve Arcane Missiles is kind of cool. Mm. Yeah. Um, cool idea where good against, you know, um, uh, in, in difference to Devolve, where you could just kind of let the opponent do whatever they wanted and then completely screw their board uh this requires a little bit more finesse you know they've got right. six minions this isn't going to be as useful as you hope it's going to be <laughs> right all right that's that's good all right i'm also like as time has gone on i've seen more cards i really am interested in the soul shard mechanic so like the warlock demon hunter thing seems very interesting to me and it looks like demon hunter's got some very powerful things to go with it so yeah okay so sounds good so let's move on to news so by the time you will be hearing this um all 135 cards will be have been revealed for Skullman's academy um we'll be talking about the cards in our main topic but we will have um a full set review uh, coming out, I think, either Monday or uh, probably Monday or Tuesday, um, depending on things. But we're recording it on Sunday evening, so uh, we'll we'll keep you updated about that uh, bonus episode. So we're gonna we're gonna maybe try and get it under four hours this time. With it, or what what were we at last time? Was I think we we're at four hours. Yeah. yeah, it was just about four hours. Let's. Maybe try and see if we can't push that thing down just a little bit under four hours at the very least. I might also I be. A, I, it seems how the set doesn't come out on Tuesday. I'm almost. I'm almost. Blah, blah, blah. I am also okay with it being our next week's episode, <laughs> considering how much content it is. So yes. yes so yes. you'll probably just get uh, our set review on next uh, Tuesday for. Um, for Skullman's Academy. So look forward to that Good. next week. 
Um, we have Masters Tour Madrid moved up to October and is, again, online only. It is now scheduled for October 23rd to the 25th instead of December. And qualifiers begin August 6th. So, um, another cool update. New, uh, the new returning players uh, free deck has been uh, is being updated July 30th. Um, I will go ahead and put the link to that in the show description. It removed the prerequisite of completing the returning player experience to get the deck. The decks that are offered include three Galakron decks, Shaman, Warlock, Rogue. One Highlander deck, the Hunter. Uh, no minions, um, no minion mage, big, big dragon druid, Libium, Pure Paladin, Resurrect Priest, and Pirate Warrior. And still limited to one per account. Returning players is someone who hasn't logged in for the last 120 uh, consecutive days. Um, yeah, so if you're if you're looking for like Highlander Highlander Hunter is like the deck right now. God yes. only knows how it's going to fare once the new expansion comes out. But like if you're looking at these decks, Highlander decks are difficult, more difficult to play because they're single single card one of decks so there is that but you're getting uh you know brand dino tamer brand you're getting alexstraza you're getting you're getting zephyrus in that deck so you're getting three really powerful legendaries in that set did they in did that they one particular deck did they throw dragon's bane in there too uh yeah i think dragon's bane is in there as well so, so that's possibly. 64 I was going to say, if that's in there, that's 6,400 dust. And if you're listening to this and thinking about coming back to the game, I doubt if you're listening to this podcast, you aren't a, uh, an active Hearthstone player. But if I was to recommend someone to come back in the game, yeah, the Highlander Hunter deck is... Dragon's Bane is not in the list. And that's fine. I mean, yes, Dragon's Bane would be ideal, but still, it's they're giving away uh, 4,800 dust. In legendaries right there and they are uh dqa and uh zephyrus will go into other decks too so that's probably what i would recommend if you're coming back but you know i assume highlander hunter will fare pretty decently right out the gate from when the set launches so um, reminder, class-specific weapon frames will appear in games starting July 30th, presumably with the Skullman's Academy pre-patch. And then yes. the last piece of news is, uh, last week's episode featured an interview with Celestion. If you haven't listened to it yet, be sure to check it out. So that is 58, episode 58, uh, book learning with Celestion. Um, we got, uh, featured on... What was it? Out of cards. Yes. So they've got a, a they've got a recap of the interview. If you if you really can't uh, listen to the episode, the episode's like just under an hour. Uh, mm -hmm. But his, his part was about forty five minutes. So definitely, definitely check that out. Uh, I think there was a lot of interesting information, both on the Demon Hunter class and how that went during Ashes of Outlands as well as talking about uh, some of the some of the new things coming up in, in Skullamance Academy. Yeah, uh, Ridiculous Hat was just randomly talking about, you know, 
this set this past set today you know looking back over it and i was just like Celeste talked about a lot of that stuff you know about demon hunter and their approach so i thought it was very interesting if you want to look back on the demon hunter class being added to the game it's gave you some very cool insight and he was a super nice guy and was it was just an awesome interview so we just had we had a blast as the host so yes and that was so, so cool of Blizzard. Again, thank you to everyone involved to getting that getting that uh, done. So, okay, all right. Well, let's move on to our main topic. We have the Skullmance Academy set. So we're gonna go over some cards, like we said, um, and we will talk about some cards, and then we will give you the full set review with our ratings and whatnot come sunday so yes and we are recording this on tuesday so yes. the final reveal stream and the post final review stream dump that ends up being another 40 or so cards after the fact uh we haven't seen those yet but we're gonna we're gonna highlight some interesting or unique cards that have been revealed over the last week and uh and talk about those in the in the lead up Yes, there have been, uh, was it 71 cards right now at the time of recording? Yes, 71. So, um, I will say uh, my favorite thing I've seen all day is the uh, HS Top Decks um, tweet (laughs) about Professor Slate. (laughs) <laughs> it is literally the funniest thing. It's 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 Professor Slate plus Deadly Shot equals rank one legend. Professor uh, Slate, if you haven't seen this three mana three four minion legendary minion that says your spells are poisonous. <laughs> deadly shot is destroy a random minion. Oh, man. They're like, how did they miss this? This interaction is broken. We're calling for a day one nerf. <laughs> so uh, that was the most enjoyable post I've seen of the day. So, whew. Okay. So let's, uh, Mage, you want to start us off on an interesting card that we've seen so, so far? So for the first time in Arson's history, we have a neutral legendary weapon. Just an actual weapon card. There have been minions like medieval that gave you a weapon as a neutral minion but this is an actual neutral legendary weapon it is the sphere of sapience i think i'm pronouncing that right i hope i'm pronouncing that right i've i've right. looked at it and tried to figure it out but i think that's how it is it is a one mana zero four weapon that says at the start of your turn Look at the top card. You can put it on the bottom and lose one durability. So this is an effect, I think, in Magic. I'm not a mm-hmm. Magic player, but I believe this is a, a an effect that, that has been seen in other card games like Magic. Yes, it's called Scry. Yeah. The, if, yeah. you, if, if you've seen Magic and you've played Magic, this is the Scry effect on a weapon. Um, so it only allows you to take a look at it, but you do not draw an additional card. This just looks at the top of your deck and says, do you want this? Yes or no? No, you put it at the bottom of your deck, and it goes yeah. down and one charge. It, you can imagine that it's almost like uh, if, if, if you're not a Magic player or haven't played it, 
um, and I've played a little, but if you're not a Magic player, you can think of the um, Demon Hunter card that does this effect where you can look at, you the can choose watcher. a card. It's not the same effect, mm-hmm. but to be to be clear, but what you're ended up, but it's also important what you brought up that you're not drawing. Some people get the to make the mistake of being like, "Oh, I'm going to draw this card," and so they might pick a, pick the wrong card. Where like, no, if it's outcast, you're good. It's okay. It's going to come into your hand on the right side. Like, so oh. you have to be aware. You have to be aware that you're not taking the card. You're just mm-hmm. allowing it to be the next card you draw. Correct. And there's also an interesting scrying is considered. I mean, just straight good yes okay in magic it's just good is sapiens going to be good Uh, it's not actually as clear as just oh this is a good effect it'll automatically be good first of all if you're running a highlander deck this has got a mixed mixed effect right because even if you don't want that card now your hand might allow you to hold on to important cards that you have to draw right if you have to draw a card you might want to keep it, even if your hand doesn't allow you to play it right away. In a non-Highlander deck, you have the opportunity to say, holy crap, I don't want Bloodlust yet, or I don't want Flame Strike yet, but I got two of them. If I dump this at the bottom of my deck, that's fine, right? And I'm not saying anybody's running double Flame Strike, but just you know, theoretically, right? right. Uh, so, high cost, high and, then, and then there's the other thing. The part of... And I don't know that this is... Uh, somebody who plays Magic more would know how accurate this is when you're have a magic deck of 60 cards scrying is a different effect than in a deck of 30 your deck of third part of Hearthstone's benefit charm whatever you want to call it is the limit mm-hmm. the limit drives your creativity the originality and the point of your deck you cannot have multiple game plans you have a game plan and it's built for that meta and so scrying can be super powerful or less powerful than you might expect if you've played other games. Simply because we, we don't, in a 30-card deck, we don't know how effective that, that actually will be. It seems to just automatically be something you should play with. Because I can't see too many downsides. But kind of like, uh, what's the hunter card that we have the tracking. constant debates about? There you go. Like tracking. You could be a really bad Sphere of Sapiens player. Like, you could get this wrong every time, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> if you're bad at tracking, let's don't, don't go play with Sapiens right <laughs> don't, away. Don't let's, figure, let's, this, let's, so. let's figure some things out first, right? So, so yeah, it's, it's, it's probably going to be a very good card if you know what you need and how soon you need it. So, so one thing mm-hmm. I will say about Scry, A, um, if you've never played Magic, Magic, you don't just get your resources. You have to play your resources. Right. You draw them from your deck. So, right, right. so there's a lot more to be considered. Plus, uh, most of the time, it's either uh, an additional effect on things, too. Like, it's a body that says With scry, scry one. Yeah, sure, sure, yeah. sure. So there's a lot more than, like, this mm-hmm. literally does only scrying it does it four (laughs) times but like that means a lot less at a in in a 30 card deck plus another thing magic minimum deck size 60 you can have four copies of any card in your deck right minus minus generic land so like 
there's a lot more that goes into scrying for magic than it does Hearthstone. So exactly, it's it's a very like I don't know if this is going to be good or not. Like it seems yeah. decent, but time will tell. Well, it's also not a quest, right? Exactly. I, I don't want to play this on turn fifteen, probably. <laughs> like yes, I I I, I kind of yeah. So like that's that's a that's a. That's a very that's good a part point. of it too. Since it's it's not a body and it's not a an effect that you can build into your deck, like you could build Scry into your deck, you mm-hmm. can't do that. It's just one out of twenty nine, and boy, I hope I get that on the mulligan because that's <laughs> when I want it. Or, or right? very early, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I mean, for, but but that's the thing. We won't. We have not had an effect too much like this. We've had something stuff that's close, and so like if you're running a control deck. Will you just play this whenever so that you can decide whether, like, oh, well, I know what I need. That's not it. Send that back. I hope my next card is it with with only eight cards left, with only ten cards left. That actually might be extremely powerful. It'll, it'll, it'll be a time will tell thing because we haven't had an effect quite like this. Yeah, I can't see I can't see any aggressive like it and this is just me thinking off the top of my head. I really can't seem like a, an aggressive deck that actually wants this. Um, and it's, yeah. it's, it's probably strictly for a long game control deck. So, yeah. Well, because if you're an aggressive deck, you build your deck around, uh, yeah. redundancy, right? You want to consistently draw the right thing. You don't want to play a card that you might have in your mulligan that allows you to draw even better than the consistency that you build into the deck in the first place. That makes sense. You know, what is a little bit more consistent? Lorekeeper <laughs> pull count, pull count. It's yeah. a neutral battle cry. Reorder your deck from the highest card co- cost card to the lowest. Who? Um, if you want some very specific things to happen, um, we saw back when Psycho Melon came out, or what was it? Was that Psycho it, Melon? Just, just, just Psych Melon. I think. Psych, no, psych, no, psycho. Just Psych yeah, Melon. Yeah, yeah, Psych Melon. Yeah, Juicy Psych Melon. There we go. That's mm-hmm. what it was called. Yeah, we saw what how powerful it could be with the right combo to draw a seven cost, eight cost, nine cost, and ten cost. Now that's drawing cards, but this orders your deck from highest to lowest, and, um, and it's I don't attached to a four mana four or five body. Exactly. So I'm not entirely sure who's going to be using this, <laughs> but you know, like. To be fair, though, I could see this going into, like, a Highlander Mage because if you play it towards the end of the game... Yeah. And then you're like, okay, Yogg Box, Dragon Queen, you know, Deep Freeze, <clears throat> Tortail and Pilgrim, Power of Creation, like... Yep. Even the Amazing Reno, right? Exactly. Reno. Yeah. 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 I, wouldn't, I wouldn't say that this is the opposite of Sphere in the sense that you want that at the beginning... And you're not playing. You're probably not playing Lord Keeper Polkit on four, correct? Because uh, then what are you doing um, <laughs> for the next six turns? Um, but yeah, there might be. There, there's probably some value in the like. I mean, everybody's played the game where your your curve is pretty steady, and you've got some high cost cards, and you know you need this card, and you draw like. Uh, one drop, you know, a one a one drop. three and you're like well i lose fantastic it's like, like if i that draw 
If I can draw next turn, if I can draw Pyroblast, like, sure. I can win. Yeah. I just have to draw it. And this, like, I've been in plenty of those games where you're like, if I draw any of my high-cost spells, I just win. Yep. And then you draw one drop, and it's like... <laughs> Well, and and the and the fun thing about Polkia, besides the reasonable things that we're bringing up, is somebody will attempt to break this, and I cannot imagine it's going to be dis- it, it. It's it going to probably be Malagos. awful. I have I mean, to it think it's going it, to have to include Malagos. Well, there's going to be something, right? There has to be. Uh, you know, you draw. Uh, what is it? Um, what's the dragon reducing card? I can't remember her name. Frizz. Right now. Frizz, frizz. Uh, yeah, yeah. You, you get frizz and you frizz get frizz and pole kelt in your hand, and you you drop pole kelt. You start drawing minions. I mean, that the the, the thing is, it's not plot twist, right? So you can't replace right. your hand. So there is there is a bit of a there's a bit of a ramp up uh, to the power, um, but you, you got to assume that there's some way to break pole kelt. There has to be. And yes. And it's not a tutoring effect, right? It's Correct. it's complete. It it is so like Psych Melon, like that part of those scary parts of a card like that is the tutoring effect. Mm-hmm. And this isn't it. So like it's scary because like oh god no 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 I don't want somebody to play that against me. But at the same time, it's not oh I know which cards they have and I can't beat that. Like I, I just can't. It's turn seven and I'm done because they've got their seven, their eight, and their nine. And that's their win condition, right? It's a different situation than that. Yeah. The other thing that's interesting about this is you can actually undo the effect by shuffling something into your opponent's deck, like a bomb or something. Right. And so, you know, if if the best laid plans are you focused around you getting this lore keeper mm-hmm. down and then setting up your deck like that, you, well, your opponent potentially could undo that for you. And there's also, there's only one card that I can think of right now, but Glide messes up that uh, that effect as well, yeah. right? Not too badly, but it's not going to be the order that you expect it to be in. Well, bad the, luck. The bird, ba- the bird could come back. Yeah, bad it's going to Yep, bad <laughs> luck right. Albatross can still do it. And then there's obviously all the bomb cards for Warrior. So I don't think, I don't think this card warrants... Uh, Bringing back the bad luck albatross, but you know, <laughs> I didn't think Tunnel Weasel would ever see played either. So you know, <laughs> what do I know? Um, okay, so let's move on. So this, my favorite card of the day is the Educated Elec. It is a neutral three mana three four epic, uh, much like its augmented brethren. Um, and its text reads, whenever a spell is played, this minion remembers it. Death Rattle, shuffle spells, the spells into your deck. So when spells are played, so this is not a, this is like a Lore Keeper or Lore Walker Cho effect. So it remembers all spells. <laughs> so your opponent yeah, has to be It's not just yours. To... It, it, it would be your opponent's because it's a, it doesn't say whenever you cast a spell. It says whenever a spell is played. So actually that would also mean that effects like how would Yogbox work then? Because no, the Yogbox is the only spell as being ca- uh, ca- cast. It's played. Yes. It's not cast. It's 
those are casted they're not played the yog box is the played okay Yes, it, it doesn't yeah. like there's. Um, if you've ever played Mirazond after Yogbox, yes, exactly. It just plays Yogbox. There you go. Okay. Exactly. <laughs> I have not done that because I don't play much Priest, and so it's, I wouldn't. It's know not those a. Things. I wouldn't say that it's a pleasant experience. I just know, <laughs> I just know that this effect. You know, I, I have. You know, we have a we have a a well known opinion about Yogbox in our team Discord, and uh, so. It was an enjoyable experience, but I did have to do it to, to uh, uh, for science and also to try to win because I was in bad shape. Oh, well, I always had an enjoyable experience with it, so. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so. That's, that just seems kind of crazy that it, it you know, uh, that it, it's going to poten- potentially put a, a couple, at, at least a lot of times it's going to yeah. put at least one spell in there. Cause I, yeah. I imagine you're, when you're playing this, you're not necessarily just playing this on three and an ending turn. You're probably playing this with the idea of getting at least one spell back that you have in hand. And then yeah. if your opponent uses a spell to, to remove it, then, then you get that in addition. So, so uh, this was uh, announced this morning, right? Mm-hmm. And so I haven't thought about this one too much. There's, there's a chance that this is just, not much either because sometimes like let's say that um you're playing you know psych split mana saber priest or something and at a certain point you want to stop drawing spells like you don't want too many because they they run out of effect efficiency without a board to buff or something like that um and occasionally um some spells are trash for you so the educated elec might remember something like totem surge or you know <laughs> so, something completely useless right so there's there's a there's a possibility like there's all kinds of interesting ways to look at this card because depending on the deck that you're building as a neutral especially depending on the deck that you're building there's a way to uh amp uh your deck with the with the spells that you want um i'm thinking something along the lines of a um you know, a mage that, you know, the way that Cyclone Mage used to work, only now you know you know what spells they're going to be. And if you have enough card draw, you can just keep recycling the spells that, um, you know, win you board or push you forward. Um, but yeah, something like the edge, the, the one, the thing I always wondered is like, do I want to draw like three straight arcane missiles or like power word shield with no card draw anymore? Or something like, I was trying to think of like how I might use it in some of the decks that are being played right now. And some of those spells, I don't actually want extra copies of. So I think that he's an interesting card um, because I can see ways in which it's not very useful. And I can see there's probably ways in which, you know, getting extra versions of a limited spell um, is really important. So I think it'll depend on how you want to build around it and whether you can actually build around it. Like, is it, is it just good on its own or do you have to actually build a deck around it? I mean, it's still got a three, four body. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. it's not a badly statted three drop. And yep. you can also play it after you play Lady Learjin <laughs> and just put a bunch of Librams of Wisdom back in your deck when it dies. If it dies. Uh Wicked Good, who does the off-curb podcast, said it should be called edu- Educated Elciana because it, you could potentially 
postponement. Oh my goodness. Uh, f- yeah. Oh, yeah. Fatigue uh, for oh, yeah. first turns. Yeah, you know, yeah, but it's not minions, but but it, it's you know a, a lot of spells are reactive or they're damage you know damage that you could push face and and so yep. th- those sorts of things there there is some yep. uh, some benefit to doing that and then like if this ends up being a more controlling meta then fatigue starts to become a factor potentially like it was during the uh you know control warrior days back during boomsday and that and then people were running running alciana then at that point to just Mm -hmm. prolong their fatigue for 10 turns right Right. yeah well the the argument i would have against like if that is something that starts happening you lose the control like you can start playing totem shaman like and play a bunch of totem buffing spells and just dump absolute garbage into your opponent's deck. I mean, literally just buff up a bunch of totems and well, then at that point, d- yeah, go ahead. And then you <laughs> just kill and then you kill the Alec and then you just increase their odds to you know draw non-answers to your board. Like Yeah. There there's yeah. a chance there's a non-exist I mean there's a chance now that like they get totemic might instead of a brawl or <laughs> flame strike blizzard frost nova you could name it like this has the potential to like that's what the like the real downside is is that yeah. your opponent gets input into what it's happening with it which is not always a good thing yeah well it's it's funny that you brought that up because I, you mentioned libdrums first and that could go the other way too yeah and just dump you know, you've seen we've seen paladins with like eight librams in their hand and no minions. You just dump dump a bunch of librams in somebody's deck, and they're like, okay, you can sometimes use them. I hope you don't draw them all at once. Yeah. You know? <laughs> well, it doesn't matter. They don't they don't get the reduction, so they're just right. getting two mana plus one plus one that returns to their hand. So it's like, oh, yeah. this is awful. What was, if... what was that hunter's card? The the hat. <laughs> That didn't, oh, uh... oh, explorer's hat. That's explorer's right. Hat. Yeah. yeah, you played that sometimes, but you didn't really work around it. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so now let's look at the soul fragment mechanic for Demon Hunter and Warlock. It is a small uh, healing spell. Retor- restores two health to your hero, and is shuffled into your deck that cast when drawn. Um, besides from uh, besides soul fragment generating cards, there are minions that destroy a soul fragment for an additional benefit. Um, sociologist Militia is a seven mana five five demon hunter warlock legendary. Generates three three souls with rush for each soul fragment you have in your deck. Um, I immediately seems- thought of like. Uh- Blastmaster boom because mm-hmm. it's 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 only it's not how many bombs are in your opponent's deck it's how many soul fragments are in your deck man i'm you know the thing i miss the most is the uh the voice line for blastmaster boom or uh i think it's no uh i think it's blastmaster boom when you're when you drop him against dr boom mad genius and he's like who is that handsome devil <laughs> <laughs> Ah, I missed that voice line. That was a really good one. Anyways, unrelated. Um, it there's yes, some, it is. It is a very some, blastmaster boomy effect for for that card. But there's some interesting cards in here. I I like the the marrow slicer, the four mana uh, demon hunter weapon. It's a four two, so it's true silver champion stats. 
it shuffles two soul fragments into your deck and the and nice thing is it's four mana so it lines up really well into the glaive bound adept turn now mm-hmm. that you don't have the uh you, you don't have the war glaives of azanoth to to potentially plan five and uh if you if we ever end up moving away from the glaive bound adept the soul shard Lipidary, five mana, five, five, battle cry, destroy a soul fragment in your deck and give your hero plus five attack this turn. So you could literally play Myro Slicer on four, play the five mana, five, five on five, and be able to do nine damage with that weapon the following turn. I mean, I feel like right now you run both because that is way too powerful. Like, to get that weapon into the soul shard like that is just wow like five five additional attack on a five five yeah that's that's i like it plus i mean like we were getting to the point where we were removing i beam from the like tempo demon hunter list or more of the aggro list after after you know brawler and the uh amani berserker got put into that but you could, this is a way the soul fragment mechanic can allow you to potentially still heal a little bit. Uh, you know, it's not right away. It's not targeted, so you're not removing a minion or anything. But it, it, sometimes it's just a matter of staying alive long enough to be able to do your damage when you're doing a more aggressive style deck. And so while it's unreliable because you don't necessarily know when you're going to draw those soul fragments... Uh, it's still, I think, going to have, it, it's still potential. And I think it, I think it's something that could keep the Tempo Demon Hunter deck going in the new expansion. So one thing I will say, and downside to Soul Shards, is Skull of Gul'dan. Because the card that is drawn is the Soul Shard. So it casts when drawn. You keep calling it Soul Shard, but it's Soul Fragment. Soul Fragment, whatever. (laughs) We had Soul Soul Shards in the game, I think, right? That's right, yeah. Way back when? Soul Fragments. I don't know what I'm talking about. I didn't mean to disrupt your point, but yes. No, no, it's Soul Fragment. Everything I said before, it's Soul Fragments. I don't know why I kept thinking Soul Shards. Um, But um, Soul Fragments. So when you draw a Soul Fragment with Skull of Gul'dan, you don't get the minus three reduction on the next card i mean that's how it works with right. i mean if you played galcron you draw a bomb it, it, say, it does the same thing and the bomb costs zero well guess what that bomb costs zero anyways and you don't get a reduction on the card it actually draws yeah. so that is that is not a small downside to be fair <clears throat> so no and i'm always hesitant to you know, it's obviously more fun to, you know, say something like soul fragments are trash. Nobody should use them. It's <laughs> hard, you know, like I always hesitate to make a judgment on something like this because if you're going to use soul fragments, you need to commit to a certain number of cards that use them. Mm-hmm. And are those cards going to be good enough to do the thing that you need to do in whatever the meta is? The meta going to be slow and controlly? Is the meta going to be fast and board centric? And are those cards going to be good enough in that meta, or are they going to drive it? And, I mean, I'm giving too many options. It could be any of those things, I know. But when when we see effects like this, it's tricky because of the fact that they're being added to your deck, 
which actually makes your draw less consistent. Mm-hmm. And they need to be worth building your deck around. We've had lots of like, oh my god, that's super cool. And it turns out to not be worth building your deck around. So, or or it I... takes a second set, right? Like yeah. we had, uh, or, or a change in the meta. Like Ysera Unleashed um, or Unbound, whatever she's called. She yeah. was a meme in April, right? Yes. Until she wasn't, right? Until the meta changed. So Soul Fragments are really interesting. The Probably the most interesting thing probably to me more than like the how they work is whether they're ever going to be good enough based on how quickly or slowly the game is moving to build like how many cards do we need to make soul fragments worth it uh is it going to be uh, a third of our deck is it going to be only six cards you know what i mean because you want to yeah. consistently get to your game plan so how many of those cards are necessary to create them and use them without sacrificing what the demon hunter does well so it's a really cool mechanic it's a really hard to know if it's going to be valuable yet so the quick quick interjection so the actual the um the soul fragments are draw or cast when drawn so they don't dilute they're not going to caught they're not going to count as the card you draw okay correct yes yes so you don't have to play them they cast when drawn so it just it heals you. Think of like the uh, bomb or whatever the effect. So then you draw the next card. Exactly. Okay. So, so they don't so, dilute your deck. So that's that's better for sure. Yes. Exactly. So yeah, I just wanted to say that. Um, I feel like looking at it, and I don't know what the meta is going to be like, but the uh, marrow slicer <laughs> looks incredibly solid. Um, it's a four-two weapon for four, and I mean, obviously, that's gotten paladin by you know through the entire length of Hearthstone with True Silver Champion. So, mm-hmm. well, in Spirit Jailer, a one-mana card with three health, you don't ignore those ever when they no. exist. If the if there's a card with that stat line that exists, and is the battle cry effect in any way in a negative? It it's not right. Uh, usually, an outstatted card has a negative battle cry or or something that isn't quite as good about it. But that's just a 1-3 that shuffles four healing or two usable effects into your deck. I don't see a downside. You could probably pay that in a zoo or an aggressive thing, and you could probably just ignore the soul fragments, and it might still be worth it for one mana (laughs) 1-3. I get. I pretty much feel like it'll see playing Zoo. If Zulak is getting played, like that card's going in. How not, right? Exactly. I mean, I, I think it, it just instantly. We were playing. We were playing one twos, and we were happy about it. This is a one three with no downside. What? What are yeah. we? Uh, it's just. And, and Warlock that that basically covers a a, a life tap. With, yeah. In the mid in the mid game, in that exactly. Like, if you're playing some of the some of the. Uh, cards like a uh, flame imp or the the Nethersite thrasher you're helping to offset some of that damage that you're taking yes yeah. the balancing act with that deck is i i need to kill my opponent before i kill myself right and some right. Of soul fragments end up being quite nice that you end up drawing a, a little bit of health to kind of help offset some of that yep so it is very it's a very interesting uh mechanic so we'll see what uh it's it's very interesting because it's adding things back into your deck so that's yeah. what like uh reminds me of um uh the four four and rogue the uh the uh nefari or 
God, I can't remember his name. The four four that adds three four fours into your deck. Cast one draw. The spider. Yeah, the spiders. Yeah. Yes, the yeah. spiders, and I don't remember. I can kind of picture their voice line. I remember what they sounded like, but I don't remember what their name was. Well, and, and, uh, and the the two cards that we pointed out are the best examples of like why would you not play this regardless of whether soul fragments are good. Like when is the right. marrow slicer not good? When is the exactly. tailor not good? They're just good. Yeah. Whether the soul fragments are worth it is a little bit irrelevant. Maybe they will be, and if they are, cool. It's a nice and, little bonus. And more than maybe some of these <laughs> other options end up being. Right. Too, but yeah. those two cards in particular, the two that you pointed out, like, I mean, those are just good. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So I think those cards will see play regardless. Um, but, you know, who knows for sure. So um, some Warlock Priest cards, dual class, focus on Hero's Health Changing, Brittle Bone Destroyer, and Flesh Giant. So, um,. The Flesh Giant is a 8-mana 8-8 that costs one less for each time your your hero's health has changed during your your turn. So that's pretty cool. And then the Brittle Bone Destroyer is a 4-mana 3-3. If your hero's health has changed this turn, destroy a minion. Um, So I feel like... There are definitely a lot of ways to use that in both classes. Um, just at four mana too. Like, yes, you can hero power um, in both classes and use it. But you know, there's the Neferset Thrasher. There's there's other minions in Warlock that'll deal damage to your hero, changing your health. And making this a four mana three three destroy minion, which you were pretty happy to play as, uh, uh, ghoul or the the breaker, uh, whatever his name is, Keldan, Keldan the breaker, the six mana three three, destroy minion. If he drew it this turn, destroy all other minions. So, um, yeah, and priest runs the uh, apothesis at three. Exactly. Um, so if you've got a healing yeah. minion. Re- yep. Even renew is one yep. one mana does three day, yep. three heal and then you'd be able to kill anything. Yep, you know? exactly. So this just seems that seems good. I know the first one. What was the first one people were talking about? I can't remember what it was. The uh, I don't remember. Was it the brittle bone destroyer? Yeah, I think it was the brittle yeah. bone destroyer. Yeah, and I, I guess I wasn't thinking about it at the time, and people were like, well, they play, you know, you have six mana destroy cards, and uh, people aren't playing that now as is. And I'm like, yes, it was a brittle bone. I'm like, yeah, but there's ways for it to be a four mana, you know, especially now with like the cube priest that's in play, like without having. A, you know, running the uh, the escape mana sabers, you could get that card ready and you know get some health steal and destroy a minion for four. So, um, I think it's a very interesting set of mechanics around changing your life. So, mm-hmm. and it's I feel like it's a very good crossover mechanic for for warlock priest. I feel like that might be. My favorite, like thematically, I feel like that those effects feel like the most natural thematically. Not saying that the other ones aren't. That one just feels like, of course, yes, that makes the most sense. So then we have um, Star Student Stelina. 
Uh, it is a Demon Hunter Legendary Outcast. Look at the top three cards in your opponent, or look at three cards in your opponent's hand. Shuffle one into their deck. Uh, on a four mana four three body, so mm-hmm. the same same stats as the as the Spellbreaker. Um, it's interesting. Like there was a lot of discussion right after that this card was revealed because. People were talking about how crazy that outcast uh, text is. Yeah. Is is it is is it good? Is it not good? I mean, I we I feel like a lot of people really got fooled by Maiev uh, in the (laughs) similar body, similar effect that seems like in the abstract a really powerful effect. But in practice, it didn't actually end up being quite as good as as a lot of people thought. So yeah, I think I think this has got the same risk, mostly because you you have to hold you have to hold on to this to play Outcast. There's no there's no point in in the card without it, right? Yeah. So unlike exactly. some of the other unlike some of the other Outcast cards, there's no like additional benefit. The Outcast is literally the entire card. And it has less value earlier. Well, I shouldn't say earlier in the game because sometimes your opponent will have be down to two cards because they're you know flooding the board or something. But it seems to have more value uh, the fewer options your opponent has. So you, it feels much more situational um, and potentially very powerful in those rare situations, but still fairly situational. So, I just so think, I just think about how difficult it's going to be to maybe even get this into your uh, into an outcast position and then it's kind of sitting there in that outcast position thus making cards that you want to outcast more difficult to play so my argument is there are there are decks that Maev will see play in it has an effect that i still think is extremely powerful um this is like it to me the the more i've looked at it i was kind of unimpressed with it at, when i saw it at first and now i'm like this card feels borderline unplayable because like what are you what are you keeping like there's no upside to this card if it's not played in the outcast position it's a 4/3 right. yeah and the outcast position might be beneficial it might not it depends are you gonna wait until your opponent only has three cards in their hands so, and like what does that mean your board looks like and what does your health total look like there's just too much there there's too many yeah. chances i don't think it's playable in all honesty like so I, so i think you're right in the short term yes and i'm willing to bet that in the in the 12 month term that she becomes playable and this is only off the assumption and the hope that <laughs> a, some combo deck comes back someday. In that's some fair. That's fair. Because that's, because yeah. against um, uh, against well maybe not a, so much against cloning gallery piece because that was a weird hand. Like your mm-hmm. hand was weird when you when you went off, and sometimes you didn't need all the burn that you had. But when we think about the Togwaggle, the um, Holy Wrath Paladin, like the amount of combo that there was in the game a year ago. Uh, well, no, now it was a year ago plus the winter, you know, that, that period from, you know, uh, through December, January, February. 
um, last year. Against those against those decks, yes, absolutely. That card that card could be a big deal. Putting having the wrong card go back into your deck right when you've assembled your combo would be a huge pain. So as a one of, in order to disrupt combo decks, it's it's a great card. We just part of the reason that I think we're all agreeing that this is kind of like. Eh, eh, no, is because we don't have to deal with that right now. Yeah. What are you going to do to somebody that really ruins their game plan? Like we're drawing card, and and they've cut Acolyte of Pain, and we're still drawing cards like crazy right now. Like so, we're just, I'll just redraw it. That's fine. So somebody, like biggest. Oh, sorry. I was, was going to say, say the biggest thing that I feel like you could hit right now would be like Malagos in the Quest Warlock or something. Yeah, and then exactly. And then they're probably. Probably have tap, the quest tap completed, into a zero mana. and then they tap it and get it for zero mana. So you might actually help them out. Yeah, I was gonna say yeah. that. That sounds like a good, like a good plan. They're like, oh, you're gonna shuffle my Alex Straza back in my deck. Darn, Perfect. I life tapped it. Yeah, thank you. I get another shot at it. Um, but my argument was like, yes, we put cards to disrupt like combo decks in the past, but like. You were never really upset to play a dirty rat. Like it was a two six with taunt for two. Right. Yeah. Like this is a four three for four. That well, that does, might work. It only that looks might at work. three cards. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And it's just I just feel like yes, if there's like some oppressive combo going there and you want to play Demon Hunter, you might you you might pack it in, but like uh, right now, and I I agree with you. There might be a something down the line that makes this more playable, or there's a deck that comes out that this is like just kicks it at square in the teeth. But like, I have a hard time of seeing like giving me like potentially a you know what is it thirty three percent chance to even get like a choice, one co- a choice yeah, that you want. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's like. It's really one of those things where it's like, uh, yeah, okay, I understand why this might be boring. Number two, your opponent could ex- it, it could just shuffle it right back to the top of their deck, so mm-hmm. they could literally just draw it right back. There's nothing that would stop them from doing that. So like, it's gonna it's- be dreadful to lose to this card, which is absolutely <laughs> gonna happen. It's just there- it's gonna be like, yeah, I got I got burn in my hand, and I'm just gonna like, no, you don't, and then you're gonna pick up like a zero four. You know what? The only thing I can think of is if Lorekeeper Polcat becomes like a serious problem. This like immediately erases. Like you play Polky and like I've kept this in my outcast position. You know what I mean? Yep. And then it doesn't matter. You just shuffled their deck again. So like their whole game plan went out the window. But it, even then I'm like the, as of right now there's not a game plan that has to happen in that specific of an order. Like, if right. you did that, if you played that in Highlander Mage, and then they shuffled your deck, and you'd be like, eh, okay, well, I'm just back to playing regular Highlander Mage, which was good enough then, so. Right. Um, okay, so next we're going to talk about Glide for Demon Hunter. It is a four-mana spell. Shuffle your hand into your deck. Draw four cards. Outcast, your opponent does the same. Now, this is much more interesting to me. Like this is this is the card that like, um, okay, shuffle your hand in your deck, draw four cards. Um, this is great if you have no cards in your hand or your hand is junk, you get a chance at four new cards. Um, I think I might be 
overstating it right now because it's four mana, shuffle your hand in your deck, and then draw four cards. So, I mean, but it could be literally a, the best top deck of your life because if you have no cards in your hand, suddenly you get four cards and your opponent, who probably had a full hand or may have had a full hand, now gets four cards that he didn't necessarily want. And so I think this is a very, I think this is much more interesting than Stalina. So I feel like this has a lot more potential uh, out the gate. And like, this seems like an interesting refill card for like a tempo style demon hunter. So yeah, it's a cool card. It's going to get run in your deck right off the bat. And uh, if it ends up sucking, we'll just like, you know, depending on how fast things are, right? If you if you mm-hmm. got an opponent that's holding cards, yep, you can really mess with them. If your opponent's got one card left, uh-oh, I don't want to play that anymore. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> then you just make sure you don't cast it in the outcast <laughs> position. That's right. There you go. It's... Like, whoops. Uh, so, yeah, the, 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 uh, the outcast position is kind of interesting. It makes it a, uh, a kind of a funny card. So that'll be a wait-and-see one, too. It's a cool, cool effect, though. It's yeah. also less, uh, it's going to feel bad, but it's going to feel, this is one of those, ran, it's not a random effect, it is a little bit in the cards that you get. It's something that you can choose to play around if you're expecting it in the hand. There are a lot of effects in Hearthstone right now that you just cross your fingers and hope. And this isn't doesn't have to be one of them. So it can really screw you up if you just ignore the possibility of it existing uh, but it is has counterplay, and things that have counterplay, uh, but have powerful effects, are generally cards that are healthy for the game in general. Exactly. Mage, do you have any input on Glide? I, I mean, I definitely think it's a better card than the the Star Student, in, insofar as like there's more applications for you to use it. In that, yeah, I I feel like what you're trying to get done with the star student you could do with glide and glide could also be like a draw mechanic for you uh, and not deal at all with your opponent if you don't want it to so it doesn't really matter that about the outcast thing because the 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 thing you're paying for there is drawing four cards for four mana really i mean you're 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 re kind of reshuffling the deck and drawing four cards and that's that that's likely worth it to you if if you're looking for that kind of thing and so i you know the the outcast thing that additional flexibility or potential combo or disruption or disrupting your opponent's hand is just kind of a bonus that it could do if you want it to okay let's move on to instructor fireheart it is a shaman Battle cry, uh, discover a spell that costs one or more. If you play it this turn, repeat this effect. So, so you... three mana, three, three. So another shaman, three, three mana legendary. Mm-hmm. And the thing that, first of all, this is not the, uh, the, the frog totem. When I yes. first looked at this, I thought of the frog totem, and I was like, okay, so I'll find a one-mana card, and then I'll find a two-mana card, and then I'll find a three-mana card. No, you can, you'll get anything that costs one or more. It's basically all that saying is you're not going to get discover a zero-cost spell. 
So you're right. not yes. going to get your you're not going to oh, get yeah. your totem buff cards. Basically, no, no. You'll get you got lightning bolt right now. You've got storm's wrath. I don't know mm. if I have that right. Um, you've got uh, Urshock, the silence, Urshock, Urshock, Frostshock. Uh, there might be. Is there a Galakron spell that's one right now? No, it used to be one. Now it's two. It's two. Okay. Yeah. So stuff like that. Um, and the ironic. Nope. Ironic's wrong. This is a real fascinating card. Those those spells are good. Shaman ones are impactful. Like. You play this on nine and your opponent's down to, you know, 12 health. Uh, okay, I'm looking for Lightning yeah, Bolt. And yeah, I'm still looking, looking for Lightning, for lightning Bolt. <laughs> Lava Burst. You're looking, yeah, and and yeah. you potentially could play multiple of those spells that turn right. and keep discovering. And... Right. And so you're looking... Right. And the the Ormore thing is going to be interesting based on the final count of that spell breakdown, right? Mm-hmm. Um, there has been some expansions where Shaman's uh, spell choices were a little on the heavy side, uh, and there's been some where they're a little on the light side. We seem to be on the lighter side right now. There's a few that are really expensive, but it does seem to be weighted a little bit towards the lighter side um, with, uh, um, what's the name, Serpent Shrine and Storm's Wrath. Um, and stuff like that. So it's it's a it's a very interesting card, and that battle cry just kind of seems good most times that you're playing it, regardless of like the deck. Uh, if you can manage to discover multiple spells um, in one turn that have, you know, assuming that you're casting them is because they're valuable, right? So if you manage to cast two valuable spells and hold a third for later. It seems pretty good, especially when you're trying to reload off of an empty hand or deal with something that you didn't plan for. You know, you can only build so many tools in into a mid range or a control deck, and this allows you to dig for other yeah. stuff. That that that's the thing that gets me is it, it's basically like you you can play this when you start to know what the game plan is that you're playing, right. what your opponent is playing, where you're yep. at in the game situation. Do I need value do i need burn do i need you know i do i just need the bloodlust for lethal you know the, those those sorts of things and, and it allows you to go looking for that and uh and yeah. knowing knowing that you know it's a discover effect so you get three options and then you know picking out which one you want and potentially like you're talking about continuing that effect uh is going to be key so there's a little bit of strategy and a little bit of sophistication to this deck well and there's a built-in downside right yeah. there's a built-in downside it's unplayable on three so you're mm-hmm. putting a three mana three three that you can't play until uh five six is it is seven. it unplayable lightning well bloom? you can't you can't play well you're not going to discover a zero mana spell I know, but you can still you can still play lightning. Blue oh, I see what you're saying. It, yeah, yeah, but it's a it's a three three. You're not tip. I don't think you're typically going to play this on three. Yeah, I know. A, I'm a tricky inclusion when you say, "Oh, this card's really cool," but I'm never going to play it, or rarely going to play it when it's cost well, like on curve. I mean, you say that, but Zentimo saw play it was a three mana one three that you never played on three 
um, Stormbringer, right. Storm Surger, or what? Or uh, Electra, the uh, the three mm-hmm. mana three three that repeats the spell, which was right. also another card you never played on three. So like, I feel like Shaman has kind of had a monopoly <laughs> on that kind of three drop. Yeah, and I don't think that's a bad thing. I just was yeah, pointing exactly. out that it's got a it does have a built in downside, so that it's not just one of these like, you know, broken cards that has no, you know, yeah. like holy crap! All right, we're gonna have to have nerf this entirely. Like, no, this has got a place in a deck in a strategy, but it's not broken. It's not gonna break the game. It's just gonna help you either pivot or finish the game. Right? Yeah. I yeah. I actually like the Electra. Uh, comp there because i think like even with electra you like a lot of times you'd maybe play it on six you'd play the farce you play right. that with farsight, farsight and you'd get mm-hmm. you'd get two farsights i feel like about turn six would be the time i would want yep. to play this exactly because you could i was have, thinking six for this too uh, yeah because you could have farsight you could you, there's one there's lots of one two and three mana spells that potentially you could play right away get a second spell that kind of sets you up for the following turn that that would feel really good. I well, think. and think about how good it would be just to get two spells if your one spell is Serpent Shrine Portal. So you've played a 3-3, three, three, you get another three mana minion, you've dealt three, and you get another spell off of the off the top, and you're only vo- you've only overloaded for one. Like that that's a great turn. If I if I played that for six, most of the time I'm pretty happy to play two minions and receive an extra spell in the in the in the, in the trade. Yeah, so yeah I, I agree. Okay. Um, I also think it's super interesting with the uh, the spell burst card. What it was that is the uh, the diligent oh, the, note taker. Yeah, returning the spell to your hand. Yeah. So, I think that's just an interesting card and like leans to a very controlly shaman, but it also can potentially it's a two three for two. That could potentially add some other interesting stuff. Like you bounce back a lava burst or lightning bolt, you know. So we weren't really talking about that card, but I just I think that one's an interesting one too. Mm-hmm. So the final card we have here, and then I want to talk about at least one other card. Uh, Argent Braggart. Uh, it's a Paladin two mana uh, battle cry. Uh, attack and health to match the highest in the battlefield. Ooh, this seems very interesting to me. So, like, you drop it and it equals the highest. It gets a buff equaling the highest uh, minion in the field. So, if you have an 8 8, okay, it's now in. Is it. Does it become an 8 8 or is it. Yeah, it, so its base stats are a 2 mana 1 1, and then the battle cry That's right. gives it the attack and health to match the highest in the battlefield. So if you had an 8-8, then you're playing a two-mana 8-8 with mm-hmm. the 8-8 that's already on the board. Exactly. So, And that goes on both sides of the board, right? Yeah, it just says the highest in the battlefield, so it doesn't have to be a friendly minion. It could be an opponent's minion as well. And it, do- and it also says attack and health to match the highest. So... It doesn't necessarily have to be from the same minion. It could take the okay. attack from one minion and the health from another minion. At least the way, at least the way this reads. Yes, that's what I thought too. Um, and I wasn't one hundred percent sure. So, like, yes, that's how I read it as well. So, so 
the fact that it's a paladin card means it can go into a pure paladin list and this has the potential to be a you know with some of the other uh cards that that pure paladin has with the librams and stuff you make a big minion with the librams and then you can play it basically a two two a two mana copy of whatever your big big minion is this uh this could make uh pure paladin really interesting i think even more than it I mean, it was already pretty close right now, um, but this mm -hmm. is interesting. It is interesting. I think uh, I'm. I feel like it'll be a cool kind of tool, and it's very, very paladiny. Like it's just, I feel like it fits very well. So, I uh, I am pro this card. I think it's fun. I don't know how good it'll be. But I think it's at least interesting, and yeah, it's a it's a fun card. My first Im impulse is that it's gonna be a win more, yeah, because it's Maybe. reactive. It's reactive if you've got a opponent minion that you're worried about. So then you've, and it is only two mana, so there's potential to do a bunch of other stuff during your turn. But just because it can't rush or anything like that, right? It doesn't gain its abilities, just its stats. Right. So mm -hmm. it's reactive in that way if it's uh, to an opponent. And if it's proactive, if you've got a gigantic minion, then you've got a gigantic minion. Congratulations. <laughs> yeah. Now you've got two. And that might be worth, that might absolutely be 100% worth it, especially for two mana, which is why it is an intriguing card. Um, yeah. It's tough to say because the way that things shape out, like if it, it's difficult to evaluate a card like that because if I were to use it today, I might be bored. Mm -hmm. Not because it because when a paladin starts building a board that's impossible for me to kill, it's already impossible for me to kill. This is just more impossible, <laughs> right? And if that's I've got cherry on top of that impossible sudden, right? So, and if I've got a board that the paladin has no chance against, now that is a little different with the weapon and some of the skills that uh, some of the way that 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 librum or pure paladin's been built. Um, but if if I drop an eight eight, for example, like let's say a flesh giant, right? If I drop an eight eight, um, and they drop an eight eight, okay, I just might swing away because you've probably got to kill mine. So I just might get an eight damage and let's see what you want to do with yours. It's a little difficult to tell until other parts of the meta shape up because for two mana, it's hard not to want to try to use it. It's also yeah. hard to see like is there going to be like a way to taunt it. Is there going to be a way to... Like, there's a lot of things that can go on because you've got some spells, too, with the way that the Pure Paladin runs with Librams and stuff like that. You could get cheap. Like, you could uh, summon an 8-8 with Divine Shield and Taunt for really cheap and then just make a copy of this hiding behind it. Now, that has a lot of value, right? So it's a little tricky to know uh, whether that's going to have... Whether you're going to want to hold on to a card like that for that long, too, because you're not playing that on two. You're not so, <laughs> I, like, I, I like the idea of you know a lot of times you have to have the 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 removal for your opponent's thing and then you want to develop as well this right. this a lot because of its inexpensive cost it allows you to potentially do that in the, in right. the same and, turn and i think it's interesting too because in it, it, not having played a lot of paladin in this expansion the um the weapon um, has to be played, you have to order things properly, right? You can't use your removal at the wrong time because you're going to nullify the effect of your Argent Bragger in some situations. So, like, you've got to be a little careful on ordering, so there's a little skill involved. So it's it's an interesting card. Yeah. 
Yeah, so I my immediate thought too was um not in Pure Paladin, but with Rocket Og Merchant mm-hmm. to give it rush. So all of a sudden it's three mana and it can probably deal with the largest minion right. on the field and potentially save you. Um so I think it's interesting and yeah. yes, there's a lot of that's what it that's what's interesting about it is there's a lot of potential uses and like even even if you think about it like if you go rocket aug merchant guardian aug merchant you can trade and have a minion that's taken two damage and cleared the largest minion on the board so that's that's just a i mean that's also a three card combo but you know <laughs> i was going to say details, i was going to say there's so many cool things you can do and then you're like and then you have to remember like the best decks do the job with one card right like every expansion the decks that rise to the top get the job done with like one, a, a couple of answers to a couple of your questions. Like, right. do you have this? Yes, I have this. And if you've got three cards to answer it, it's like, oh, what are the other cards doing? Like when right, exactly. I'm not answering that question. But that doesn't mean like, uh, especially developing certain types of uh, strategies. Like um, if you are running you know, a mid-rangey deck, you're just running some cheap stuff to almost like lackey type generation to to make trades efficient. Uh, it doesn't mean it wouldn't work. Exactly. I, I mean, there are plenty of decks that are just running the Guardian Aug Merchant like flat out and just mm-hmm. they'll drop it on turn one if they don't have another one drop, like no questions asked. Right. So like Guardian and Rocket, are, I feel like are interesting with this so and those are cards that some decks play anyways so it's yep. not necessarily an absurd like why would you ever consider playing guardian aug merchant you know what i mean yeah so. you wouldn't want to add it's interesting you phrase it that way and i think the specific thing is that you wouldn't add guardian aug merchant and rocket like you wouldn't add them to a deck but if you are running them because yes. they have value then you can add other cards that might look less valuable without them but if they're already in there or part of this general strategy then adding this just generates more value yeah so i think it's a very interesting uh thing so the the last card i wanted to talk about that i found the most interesting and fun that i've seen so far is the warrior eight mana six eight troublemaker at the end of your turn, summon two three three ruffians that attack random enemies. That just seems really cool. Like I like that a lot. Like if the board is empty, all of a sudden they that that six damage that goes face. And you know, Warrior probably doesn't have that big of a time clearing a board off, so it doesn't I just, not by eight. No, and I mean, exactly. some people are unironically running the Grand Slam and Highlander Hunter, so. <laughs> it's, a, it's a gift that keeps on giving. <laughs> and then you can Battle Rage and clone, clone it with Bloodsworn Mercenary. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just being ridiculous, obviously, now, but I think the card is is interesting because a couple extra attacks that could clear up something you left on the board. And you don't have any control over it, but you know, two more attacks that could like take away divine shields or, you know, finish off a minion or, you know, give you a chance to just end the game right there 
if your opponent has three three health left. So, well, I mean, like the exotic mount sellers, the same stat line. It's it's seven mana versus eight, but like you know what you're getting, and it's just built all into this one card versus having the exotic mount seller you have to run a bunch of spells that you have to kind of save up and then what you get randomly goes between a one one and a five five and it's like it seems like whenever you want the five five you get the one one and and that sort of thing and so this is this the, this seems like a, a really powerful card I, I i definitely agree with you there is there any time you do want the desert hair <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think of one legitimately, no, and I can no, no. There's that's not. just a I, loss. That's just a, that's a straight. You, that's a you straight want Zixor, You want King Mukla. You sometimes want the uh, the the Flying Griffin. The, those are like the ones that you want, and then like there's Silverback Patriarch is is a good one to get. So yeah, if you need taunts, there's the there's the the Iron Fur Grizzly and and the Silverback Patriarch that are okay, but. Yeah. You're not there there's other things you'd rather have probably. Okay. So that was the one extra card I wanted to talk about. Is does either one of you have a, a card or a few cards you want to talk about that we didn't cover in that list? No? No. Nothing okay. stuck out. Awesome. Uh, we we're, we also I think this might be the longest episode that was a Dickard review episode. So we probably oh. probably should consider Oh, uh, shit, darn. Yeah, we're at an hour and 21 <laughs> right now. Okay, well, let's go, ahead, let's go ahead and wrap it up with this week's poll question. All right, this week's poll question. With Ashes of Outlands coming... Outland, excuse me, no S, coming to a close, how would you rate the expansion on a scale from 1, which is bad, to 10 being great? We've got them in buckets, uh, 1 to 3, Four to six, seven to nine, and then a ten is separate. So let us know what you think about the expansion as a whole. You can, whatever your metric is on deciding whether it was good or bad, let us know. Vote for which uh, which bucket you would put it in, and we will talk about the results on next week's show. Speaking of ne- uh, the show, we have uh, you can find the show on Twitter at Dr3HS. You can f- come to our Discord by following the top pin tweet on our Twitter. You can email the show at Dr3HS at gmail.com. And you can find me on Twitter at Daring Alkaline. Uh, Mage? Uh, you can find me on Twitter. I'm at Major Death. And then Monday, Wednesday, Friday, you can find me on Twitch at twitch.tv slash Major Death. And Leardric, where can we find you? You can find me on Twitter at Leodaric underscore HS. And you can find me on Twitch um, at twitch.tv slash Leodaric. Awesome. And thank, thank you so much for jumping in. Yeah. Yeah, it was fun. Thanks for having me. Yeah, we really appreciate it because that was like an hour and, and <laughs> delivers like, uh, I can't make it tonight. I'm like, okay, well, we were, we, I, I just thought like, this is definitely one of those shows you want three people on. So we really <laughs> appreciate you taking the time. Uh, absolutely. And as always, guys, you've been listening to Dr. Three.
boom. 